0: Season 1, Episode 46, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, 1 John Five, Sixteen to 17 If any man see his brother sin, a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin, there is sin unto death. I do not say that we pray for it. Okay, I had trouble with this, and I guess I still do, back on episode 43, and it's bothered me for uh, the last four days, I guess, or three days. Um, <clears throat> and I've put a lot of thought into it, and a little bit of study. First of all, uh just got off the phone with my son, who... Uh, is a bit of a a Greek scholar, but you don't have to be a Greek scholar to know what he told me. But uh, if any man see his brother sin, a sin which is not unto death, the indefinite article there, A, has been provided by the translator. Just like capital letters on spirit, when it's talking about a human spirit or God's spirit, they capitalize it, Uh, that is a bit, Extra biblical, If it's not in the original language, but you have to understand the original language. The original language is Greek and they don't have an indefinite article. The indefinite article is A or An in English. And uh, <clears throat> maybe your language doesn't have one either. I only speak English. But anyway, if any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall, and God shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is sin not unto death. In this case, it would be a good idea to leave the a out by the translators or the indefinite article a. Uh, there is a sin unto death. That that gives the con, you know, the, the idea that there is one sin unto death, and the only one that I know is is uh, is. Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in John 1, 18 uh, said, uh, And when the Comforter is come, he shall reprove the world of sin, righteousness, of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. The work of the Holy Spirit is to get people to trust in Jesus Christ, to believe in Jesus Christ, to repent of their dead works and put their faith not in their dead works, but in Jesus Christ, the finished work on the cross. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And that is the only sin that I know. If if there is a sin that leads unto death, that's the only one that fits the bill in my mind. But I don't think that it's in the original language. There is sin unto death. There there are capital offenses. It might depend on what country you're in. Some of them are pretty crazy about it, but... Uh, Depending on their governments, but, but, um, but there is a sin. Uh, let me just say this: I, I, I did say it before, when the Supreme Court, in back in the early '70s, was asked to define pornography. Uh, Chief Ju- uh, Justice Black is—I could be wrong about which justice it was—but he said. Uh, we've been asked to define pornography and all I can say is I know it when I see it. So that was as far as, and it's a pretty wise thing to say. And I would say about sin unto death that I know it when I see it. And that's why we have juries for sentencing and judges for sentencing. And um, so... um, so what is this saying? First of all, it's written to believers. If you if you jump up to verse 13, just 3 verses before 16 or the third verse before 16, 5, 13, 1 John 5:13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. That's a pretty clear statement at the end of 1 John who 1 John is written to. And why it was written, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. That's why I got to 1 John 5, was to talk about that verse. But I like to read the verse in context. And so I got into trouble on 16 and 17. I felt like I got into trouble. and That's a great way to learn. Because when I am teaching, and all of a sudden I uh, am lost, that is unforgettable. You might call it unforgivable, but I'm pretty ready to forgive. But I come back and I correct myself. So I put a lot of thought. This is a great way to learn. I learned today that there is no um, indefinite article in the Greek language. It's put in by the translators. And that's why in the Jehovah Witness Bible, they can say uh, in John 1, in the beginning was God and the Word was with God and the Word was a God. They just added it, and they argue, well, that's up to the translator. Yeah, but it's also based on context. And since uh, the Bible clearly says, uh, quotes Jesus as saying, I and my Father are one, and the Jews took up stones again to stone him. They were always ready to stone Jesus for claiming to be God. The Son of God, they said that's just like claiming to be God. So they understood who the Messiah was. They just didn't believe that Jesus was. My favorite verse for the Trinity is is First uh, John 5, 7. 1 John 5, 7, right, right in this uh, passage right here, speaking of the Trinity. First John 5, 7, if you go up a few verses here from 16. 1 John 5, 7, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, capital letter, And the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Those capitalizations are based by the translator from the Greek into, you know, the Father should be capitalized. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit should be all should be capitalized, and they always are. Verse 8 these three bear witness in the earth, the Spirit capitalized. The Spirit was very involved in the Spirit of God, moved across the face of the deep. And uh, He was very present. Let us make man in our image. I think that's God's trinity and our body, soul, and spirit, which we don't, I personally don't quite understand. Anyway, um, but let me tell you the power of this and the reason I'm going back over this, because God would like us to uh, get along he starts off with uh, Whosoever believeth that Jesus verse one, whosoever believeth that Jesus is Christ is born of God, and every one that loveth him that begat, loveth him also that is begotten. By this we know that we love the children of God, not the Son of God here, it's the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. Well here's a commandment. Verse sixteen If any man see his brother sin a sin unto death, he shall ask God and God shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. So we are to pray for people. We are to pray for believers. And you go, well, I can't forgive this person. Really? What did they do? You could really get them uh, killed for what they did? If, if what they did fits the description of a, uh, of a capital crime, then fine, don't pray for them. But if they hurt your feelings, they whatever, pray for them. I don't want to pray for them. They hurt my feelings. No, that's not what it says. Pray for them. This is very. I'm, this is personally very liberating for me. I have issues with people and I need to pray for them. And I haven't been praying for them. And I need to pray for them. Because it's, very clear to me that what they did or what they do is not unto death. And how pow- that puts you in the driver's seat, puts me in the driver's seat of my own emotions, of my own care for the brother brethren, brethren and, and to pray for them. And here's what I'm going to pray for them, and I'm going to pray it for them and myself at the same time. Father, we desire to be filled with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that we might walk worthy of you and all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of you, strengthened with all might according to your glorious power with patience, long-suffering, and joyfulness. That's what I'm going to pray for people that that, uh, hurt my feelings or make me angry or make me to the point where I don't want to forgive them and all I want to do is badmouth them and and whatever. That's not what we should do. It's not good for the church. It's not good for the body of Christ. It's not good for uh, the children of God. For this we know that we love, by this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and keep His commandments, like this one down here, which says pray for people that have not committed a capital crime against you. No one has ever in my life committed a capital offense against me. Now, maybe that's not your case. Now, this lady that pulled her car out in front of me and, and, and changed my life three years ago in a near fatal motorcycle accident, but it's another story, no insurance, you can't get lawyers to... Uh, sue people for when there's no insurance because they get 40% and they don't want to have anything to do with you. So my, my, one of my seven doctors said, you need to get, you need to get a lawyer. I said, do you know one? And I had people calling me and friends calling me and not so mu- not so close friends because they get a commission if they, if they get, you know, a million dollar case. Anyway, I, I you know, and, and I, I got a lawyer and, and he came and, And said, you know, took my statement down, did some research, came back. When he had finished his research and said, look, we could sue him. You would win. She was charged with failure to yield. She hurt you very gravely. But I will limp the rest of my life. I haven't run since the accident. Except playing with my dog, I think I might have. But one got both feet off the ground. But but anyway, I'm doing better. And, you know, I, it's been a great opportunity to tell people about Christ, tell them my story, and, and complete strangers. I've had people in checkout lines say, hey, when we get through here, finish the story when we get over here. Well, that happened once. But it, that, and that's not a regular... You know, a lot of times I get to finish my story. Which is, I woke up in the ambulance. If I hadn't woke up in the ambulance, I'd have woke up in heaven, not because I'm good, but because Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid for all my sins. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. that Whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He had me at whosoever. I hope that He has you at whosoever. But I'm not really, I, in this, I've said this before, but I'm not going to really pray that you trust Christ. Because who am I praying to? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He's got a lot more skin in the game than I do. He desperately wants you. He, uh, the, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness. But his long suffering to us not willing that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance. Repentance of dead works or reconsideration of who Jesus is. Of, of, of is God worthy of your trust for salvation? that all should come to reconsideration. That's what you need to do if you haven't trusted Christ. You need to reconsider. And according to the Bible, I think some of you will and read uh, the end of the second to last chapter of acts where where some came to Paul and believed at the end of his life in Rome and some did not. I think that's just how it is. Some will believe and some won't. And that's your eternal life that you've just... And in in that case, it, the, the sin unto death is eternal separation from God. The first death is separation from your body. The second death is separation from God. Now, what about should we... You know, I, I don't know. I, I just, like I said, I have never... Should we pray for everybody? No, according to this, we shouldn't pray for people on death row. But, you know, then that begs the question, what about, you know, people that have been, you know, wrongly accused? So that whole thing comes up. But, um, you know, if life was easy, everybody would would do it real well, I guess. But um, anyway, I wanted to touch on this because of the fact that it's encouraged me to forgive and forget, and to pray. And my prayer of choice is um, Colossians 1, 9 through 14, which Paul prayed daily. And the first half of that is, and I'll close with this. We desire to be filled with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, to walk worthy of you unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of you, strengthened with all might according to your glorious power, with patience, long-suffering, and joyfulness. If that doesn't ring a bell for you, then then that's up to you. But boy, I was so glad when I found that the year after my wife died. The the day after I complained, God, I, I, I say the same thing over and over to, to you. I never hear from you. And I found this bookmark, First John uh, I'm sorry, Colossians 1, 9 through 14. Great prayer. This, the last half of it, uh, 12, 13, 14, is giving thanks. Giving thanks to you, Father, who has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us in the kingdom of your dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So, I I have never been sinned against where I could not forgive and pray for that person, and that's very liberating to me. And that's one of the reasons I love teaching, is because I learn. Hey, have a great day uh, or a great night, whichever the case may be. And I'm going to say adios, which means to God. And I'm going to say via con Dios, which means go with God.